Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday, September 13th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 100, very first paragraph, which begins with both you and the new man must walk. And we'll be reading just that one paragraph and commenting on it. Today's readers are Robin B. on the 12 Steps, Diane G. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text this morning are Katie F., then Katie G., and Martha Z. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, September 12th, is 9071. 9071. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask a pregnant pause. It was um, Robin, Robin B. to read our 12 steps. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. Good morning, um, Vision. I, um, I am Robin B. I'm a compulsive eater in uh, Missouri in recovery. And here's our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening of the, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much. It's, it's so um, great to be able to, to give back to the fellowship. Thank you very much, Robin B. And good morning, Diane G. is going to speak to us on the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> this is Diane G. from New Hampshire. The 12 traditions. Number one, our commonwealth there should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. <clears throat> Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in manners affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you very much, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, 
everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 100, the very first paragraph only. And I have asked Katie F. to begin our reading. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Let me just set my timer. So this, um, I think the interesting thing about this is it, it doesn't say every person you help will join you on this path and will also, you know, march right behind you and be on this same spiritual plane. This is, uh, we carry the message um, to remind ourselves where and what we've been. And yes, other people do recover. It is our duty to share this program, but not everybody that calls me or asks me to sponsor them is at that place of desperation. Um, And that's where I had to be before I was willing to pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools. I had to be completely done with every idea that I had. Um, And that's the point where the person I'm trying to help has to be. But even if they're not, I still share with them my experience, strength, and hope. I put my hand out there for them to hold on to, and I walk them uh, along this path. And You know, I would love to say that every person I've ever talked to um, is recovered and on this line and, you know, living happy, joyous, and free. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, But I am. I am still on this path because I continue to make myself available for the newcomer. Um, Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world. The world I live in today is completely 100% different than the path I was on when I started my recovery um, 28, almost 29 years ago uh, of continuous abstinence. I, my world had gotten so small. And what this has done through working the 12 steps and having a life of sane and happy usefulness is I continue to grow. You know, prior to that, the first 20 seven years of my life, I had, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. I had different um, hostages, different characters on the path, but basically I just did the same things over and over, uh, expecting different results. Today, I am on a path of spiritual progress. I'm not perfect. Um, I do not have, you know, 10 days every single day. But I always am available and know that talking to the newcomer will get me out of my um, pit of self-destructive thinking or um, self-pity or whatever, because I am not on that slippery slope of relapse. And um, every single day that I realize that, I have a good day. Um, So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, my. 
I I'm like, Leia, is there I anything you can do? For this echo? Echo? I can mute the line. Okay. Okay. Anita, we don't hear you. Thank you for for um, doing that. Uh, who else? Who else? Chris. Oh. Yes, there are. Katie G from Boston. From Boston. I don't know what's happened to my phone. I I have a uh, Leia. Do you think someone should take over for me? I can't. I can't seem to get rid of an echo. Uh, who would like to share on what was read? If you're on a speakerphone, please please get off your speakerphone because that does create an echo. Larry. Yes, there are. Christine F. Kim G. Katie G. Nessa R. I have you, Nessa. I have Larry K. Nessa R. Katie G. Vasa O. Vasa O. Tina S. Kim G. Kim G. Tina S. Let's go with that group for now. Okay? Larry K. Nessa R. Katie G. Vasa O. Kim G. Tina S. Let's start with Larry K. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Um, this is Larry K. Recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, okay. So what we read here is both you and the na- the man was must walk uh, day by day um, in in a path of spiritual progress. So that that's what I try to do. It's giving me instructions here, and you know it's interesting. I can think back. Um, Boy, to so many people. Um, I remember being at a convention one time, and uh, you know the person that I began to work with. Um, they they had uh, they had food up in the room. They desperately didn't want to eat that food. They, they were at convention, you know. They were at convention to to you know to to find a way, some way, not to eat the food. Yet you know, his heroin was up in his room. And, uh, and you know, I'd like to say, oh, my God, that's just horrible. How could you come to convention? No, that was me. I, I, I had gone to conventions, and either my heroin was up in my room or it was, uh, you know, it was two minutes away out the door. I could get to my – I can get to a syringe. It's not hard. But – as a sponsor, when you offer hope, when you've been through this process and they see something different, they see a reconstructed individual, they see someone who's, who's not eating anymore and doesn't want the food, you know, that offers a tremendous amount of hope. And, um, and I can tell you, thinking about that particular person, um, that person, you know, we embarked on this process pretty quickly. I mean, that person had to put the food down, of course, but once there was some, some clarity, we, we started this process right away. You know, that, that particular person has not picked up the food since, had 
a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps and now carries the message to, to other people, you know, and, and that's an amazing thing. Now, not everybody, you know, do I, you know, is there success stories like that? It's really between, it's between their higher power and them ultimately, you know, but I can walk day by day and I can offer a message of hope of, of a transformation in my life. And then we can see, we can see what God does for people. You know, you take a, you take a small step towards God, God will take a giant leap towards you, but you have to trust in the process. And that's not always easy when you got your syringe up in your room because there's someone on the line right now with their syringe right next to them. And they want desperately not to wrap the band around their arm and shoot themselves up with their, their bin substance, right? We have to trust and the willingness starts with, with each individual. It's truly an extraordinary, extraordinary process. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. This is Anita back again, trying again. And uh, so I know it's Nessa, Katie G, Vasa O, Kim G, and Tina S. But did I hear you, Santa, also? This is Raquel. If you can put me on the list, that'd be great. Yes, you did, Anita. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'm putting Santa and Raquel on also. All right. Uh, Nessa, good morning. You're up next. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And, you know, it saddens me that um, I have three sponsees who uh, have picked up the food. And, you know, the reason they give is, you know, life is too busy, too stressful. There's uh, marital issues, there's uh, financial issues, there's issues with with children, um, issues with parents. Um, there's all sorts of issues. There's all sorts of issues. Um, but, you know, here it tells us um, you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. And the truth is that, you know, we don't have to eat because of the circumstances. You know, this to me is the biggest, biggest, most wonderful promise in the book. You know, the spiritual awakening will enable me to deal with whatever life brings. It will enable me to deal with the vicissitudes of life, with the challenges of life, without having to resort to the food. Because now I, I rely on a, on a bigger power. I mean, the food is, is, is always a bigger power than me. But now I have access, as a result of recovery, to a power even bigger than the food. And, you know, I, my life uh, is so much different than it was, you know, five years ago before I recovered. But the truth is that my circumstances have not changed very much. You know, I still have the same family, the same little house, the same, you know, financial issues, you know, struggling to make ends meet. You know, my, my children still bicker and perhaps bicker even more because now they're teenagers. But, you know, I can cope with that without even having to think about what I'm going to eat. And I am happy to listen free. And I do make mistakes, but I recover from those mistakes. I make amends, you know, and, you know, my household is so much happier, a lot less tension, you know, um, even with the bickering of my children. And it's all because of the spiritual awakening. So I can live life without having to eat if I have a spiritual awakening. To have that, I need to work the steps, 
and the steps will not work unless I put down the food. And, you know, like, there's a beautiful, powerful um, story in the back of the book. Um, it's called He Lived Only to Drink, and it's, it's, it's in part of the stories that are dealing with, with the really low-bottom alcoholics. And in page 450, he says, then I realized I had to separate my sobriety from everything else that was going on in my life. No matter what happened or didn't happen, I couldn't drink. Um, if, I pick up, if I pick up the food, I will lose my recovery and I will lose my ability to deal with life on God's terms, um, which is what this is all about. And this is what makes me, or gives me the ability rather, to live happily joyously and, and, and in freedom, you know, um, with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nessa. And good morning, Katie G. You're up. Hello. May I be heard? Yes, you may. Good morning. Yes. This is Katie G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater Interactive Kimbalina calling in from Boston and selfishly needing to share starting my timer. I actually think this is the best promise of the book. My favorite, if you talk to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than we could have planned. And I always mess this. I always misquote it. But so for me, when I came in, I had all these schemes and designs, right, that we talk about. I believe in step three, but um, big book experts can correct me. I have all these schemes and designs, right? Like I remember, like, but I want a man. I, I want a family. I want kids. I want a career. I want meaning. And I kept going back to the food over and over again. Um, and it sounds like someone's unmuted. It's really unpleasant if you don't mind muting. Um, and yet, I kept going back to the food. I kept going back to exercise and, and bulimia and um, all, these, all these things that um, – when I go after what I want, here's what happens. I get fired four times from the same job, fired, brought to the office and told, you shouldn't be here. When I go after what I want, men say to me, go away. I am not your hostage. You don't own me. I'm not, I don't want you. Friends say to me, hey, dude, back off. People don't want to be in my life. But for me, what I was taught, when nothing was going my way and I had nothing, if I put my program first, which for me means entire abstinence and the steps, I think come to me that I can't plan. I'm not that creative. When I look at my life right now, I didn't know that my profession existed, number one. And number two, I thought I was too stupid to do it, Right. I didn't know that there was a God who would love me too. More importantly, most significantly, I didn't know there was a God that would love me too. I, did, I thought that I'd gone too far down the scales. And I didn't know that there might be somebody out there who might want to partner up with me. You know, I was planning A, B, and C. And trust me, God sent me D, you know, the, the partner that I seem to be settling down with one day at a time. He is not what I planned, let me tell you. He was too short. I needed to have tall children. And these are my reactions when God puts things in my life. Like, oh, I need to go after that. I need to go after that. But when I, when I get right size with all of you and I say, you know what, God, I can't do it because that's what comes to me is I go after what I want over and over again and, and I get B 
beaten into a state of reasonableness, as our as our co-patriots say. And and then I'm like, you know what, God, whatever, you're right. You're the best planner. And man, does he do a better job than I do. So I'm just going to close by saying thank God. Thank God that I don't have to plan anymore. I just need to suit up, surrender, and do the work. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim. And good morning, Vasa. You're up, and you should be the only one uh, unmuted. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I am grateful, recovered, compulsive leader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Oh, boy. This is a beautiful paragraph. I love the promises. I never thought they would ever come true for me. Uh, and they have, by the grace of God. It's a miracle how this program works. Uh, I had a gift of desperation, as I said many times, but I also found a hope when I came to the big book. I was ready and willing to to surrender. I just did not want to die, and I, I know where I was headed. I could not stop eating the, you know, I could not stop eating the way I was eating. And and I remember my sponsor was saying to me right from the beginning. She said, "You're so easy to sponsor, you know." I, you know, I, I, I had, I, I didn't want to die, you know. I wanted to live, so I decided uh, to. You know, I made a decision to surrender to God, to the 12 steps, this big book, you know, my meetings, and and just do the work. But I think the biggest action I took, you know, to get on my knees, you know, I know a lot of people are afraid, and I was terrified, you know, to surrender to God because I did grow up a fearful, punishing God. But I took the risk, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to have to take a chance. Well, you know, get on my knees. You're going to die Vasa anyway, so you do this. And I did have a spiritual experience right then, and I've had a lot of awakenings working through the steps, you know. So I had the gift of desperation. And, and, and now carrying the message to other people, again, you know, they have to be desperate. You know? And I recognize today, you know, and there's been a lot of people I've been I've had in contact, you know, but very few of them are willing to follow and do the work, you know, that's laid out here, you know. And I don't take it as offense or anything. I just say, you know, they're not ready, they're not ready. But I'm willing, I'm willing to share my experience, strength and hope that I've received through working the twelve steps, you know. And for me, yes, I did have the spiritual experience right at the beginning when I did step one, two, and three, but I needed to continue with the rest of the steps. Um, uh, It wouldn't have just worked for me just to put the food down. And I I would have gone back. I would have gone back to it. So I just kept coming 29 years. By the grace of God, I've been abstinent from the food, and I've been freed from many other uh, areas. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Kim G. You're up. Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. This is my favorite promise right now. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter, no matter what your present circumstances. Because I have to tell you, you know, for when I was growing up, I really had the belief, being a fat girl growing up in high school and college, 
that if I got to a size six, that magically I would open up my parents' front door and Brad Pitt would be waiting there for me. But even in Nobreers Anonymous, I had this fantasy that if I got recovered, if I did these 12 steps, then everything's going to go my way. My life is going to be puppies and kittens and rainbows and everything's going to go my way. That's not the reality. Being recovered doesn't mean that life goes your way. Being recovered means that you have a way to deal with life as it is. You know, I had a dramatic change when I did these 12 steps. You know, in December 2010, I hated my job. They were taking advantage of me. I'm finishing up graduate school. The money, the, 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 they weren't accommodating me. My friends were just, you know, they were just such jerks because I didn't have time because of school and they were abandoning me. My parents were treating me like a child. I just couldn't stand my life. And in January 2011, I break my ankle. And I am bedbound, and my parents basically moved in with me to take care of me. I worked these steps in a six-week period, and at the end of that, I returned to work after being on disability for 11 weeks. And I love my job. I suddenly am I'm excited about the work that I get to do. My parents like, had moved in with me. They, they love me. I'm so excited about my parents. My friends were wonderful. My school accommodated me. I, didn't have, I, you know, I, had, I was walking without even finishing up my credits that I was going to do later, and actually limp down the, the aisle, not walk down the aisle. And it, nothing in my life had changed, but my experience had changed. And what this promise tells me is my life circumstances don't have to change for my experience of my life to change because of these 12 steps. And I just want to end. There was an there was a, um, email chain out 10, 15 years ago, and it talked about a king putting out to all the people in the kingdom that he will give this great reward for anyone who gives him the perfect picture of peace. And he got all these paintings of beautiful sunsets and, and, and you know, you know um, oceans and breezes and all these beautiful pictures. But the picture that won was the picture of a violent storm in the middle of the ocean. Lightning, thunder, waves, you know, 30 feet high. And in the middle of it is a man in a rowboat sleeping with a smile on his face. And that is what this 12-step piece offers me that regardless of what's going around me, that I can be at peace in the midst of the storm. What an incredible promise. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. And good morning, Tina S. You're up. Good morning, Anita. Uh, thanks for your service, Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in uh, Florida. Wow, some really great shares. I say that every day, but it's just so, 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 so true. Uh, when we look back, God's hands were better than anything. You know, you know, for me, through the struggle and the fight, you know, because I didn't get here and say, okay, God's hands, let's do it. You know, through the struggle and the fight, even abstinence, you know, when things, when shit was hitting the fan and things weren't going my way because, you know, I was trying to put the uh, square peg in the round hole, you know, that I had done that most of my life, you know. I finally gave up the fight, you know, one day at a time only because I was defeated, you know, because if I still had a little bit of struggle left, I would have continued to do it. That's my personality. You know, and it says, you know, to the dictates of a higher power. Wow, you know, that's some powerful stuff. You know, one day at a time. You know, all I have is today. You know, if I'm any place other than today, you know, I'm pretty screwed. You know, I, and I've learned that through my own experience. You know, I've got to be right where my feet are. And, and the sponsor told me that one time, and I'll never forget it because every time I think of that, be where your feet are, Tina, you know, uh, I can do what's in front of me to be done. 
Other than that, you know, I'm powerless, powerless, powerless. And if I continue the struggle, my life is so unmanageable. You know, the solution for me is 2 through 12. You know, and that's what this talks about here. And, you know, the opportunity that I had is just phenomenal to be able to do this. It says, I presently, today, I live in a new world. In an, I live in a new and wonderful world. No, and I love what was shared also, no matter what the circum, present circumstances, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. It, it, you know, matters what's going on inside of me. And today, you know, I reach for that, the, the soothness of my soul, the power greater than myself. Uh, you know, I have a wonderful life today, and it's only because of that. And with that, I'm very grateful So that. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. It's going to be Santa H. next, followed by Raquel. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, my fellow visionaries, and thank you, Anita J, for, for hearing me speak up. And thank you every morning. Thank you everybody who shared. Great shares this morning, as always. Again, my name is Santa H, a grateful, compulsive overeater, living in a solution, one day at a time, calling in from New Jersey. And I also want to um, share what my experience or what, what is meaningful to me about that last sentence. Follow the dictates of a higher power, what that means to me. Wow, that's an awesome statement right there. These recovering alcoholics with divine guidance boil down the principles of living to into 12 simple steps. And for me, you know, I, I chose to use the method of the big book. And today, you know, I have learned that people can use whatever they need to use. But I know that I needed to use something. And the big book worked for me. Um, I was able to um, extract the direction. And the steps in themselves are clear and uncluttered in a theology. And that was what was very striking to me coming into this program. And to know today for me that they can apply to any situation. Um, these steps are principles of living for me. Um, I like to call them, what I oftentimes say today, is the steadfast, never-changing universal laws, undoubtedly established by something beyond man, truly, in my opinion. Uh, and these principles, um, they govern human behavior, my behaviors in, in particular, and I have discovered um, that they are, they're, they're dependable, and that has really has increased my faith tremendously today um, because they're governed, um, they're dependable, and they're, they're, they're like governed principles like, like physics, for example, has governed laws. And I know for me today, when I follow those these, these principles, these 12 simple principles that govern my life, I always accomplish more, and I see them living better. And, you know, because comparing, this is my opinion, it was an aha moment for me in recent time as I, you know, just really delve more into these steps that, you know, I look back at my family and the church um, that I was involved in, all the institutions, and I, you know, I said that, you know, they could be teaching these principles, but I just felt that. Um, they were teaching rules, and that was a binding, binding for me. And so when I got these principles, I said, you know what? If I have these principles, I don't need rules. And that's what's so great about these 12 steps is that they aren't rules. The 12 steps don't have don'ts. They have do's. And that's what the principles are, guidelines for what to do. And that's what I love about it. Um, the 12 principles... Um, um, that I live by today um, has taught me how to be successful and how to live in harmony and how to be a maximum service. 
And the rewards of it is simple. It's harmony for me today, happiness, and contentment. And But, you know, but then, you know, I have the choice here. I say, if I don't, if I don't want to do these principles, the food will lead me back to the direction. So this is my choice today, and I'm going to end with this. Follow the instructions or meet the destruction all over again. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Santa. And good morning, Raquel. You're, you are now up. Can you okay. hear Anita? Can you hear yes. me? I Thank can hear you. you. Thank you so much. I'll set my timer. Um, this is Raquel, uh, calling, happily calling you now, my dear family here from Northeast Massachusetts. And it's so wonderful to start the day at 7 o'clock. Well, I started at 4 o'clock already because that's when I can talk to people from Israel. But uh, But now... To be with you all, my family, and all these beautiful sharings, and it's it's a wonder and a miracle. You know, God engineers things for me beyond beyond anything I can imagine. I am here because I wanted to see to be with my family, a little granddaughter with this disease in its other variation, anorexia, uh, who is in a residential uh, hospital, and she comes home for the weekend, and I wanted to be with her. Uh, she's she's a kidney transplant, so if she does not, if she's not watched, then she does 24 hours a day, and things are done uh, for her, she will not. This disease, I tip the hat to it, worse and worse than I could ever imagine. The how, how, what power, what destructive power, child, with music and painting and writing and everything, and this this horrible disease can conquer her and her parents and everyone. But I am here, and I could not come to the convention. I knew it would be too overwhelming. And guess what? A wonderful friend of ours came to visit me and brought her her um, um, a little, uh, what do you call it, I, the words don't come to me. I'm so excited she, that I was. She brought her her tablet. Then I was able to be with you. I heard Harlan. I heard Ruth. I heard you guys sharing. It was so beautiful. I was so sad I couldn't be at the convention. I knew it would be too much for me. Circumstances. You want to talk about circumstances? Who is this circumstance sitting here now and talking to you? Somebody who was on antidepressants for 38 years and was able with the program and the food plan and all of your support to get off of it. And since 2010, I haven't taken any of this stuff that my doctor said to me, Mrs. Edelstein, you can now enlist to the Israeli army if you want, to the top unit. No medication, only God, only God. My friends with their arms around me supporting together with the everlasting arms that are under all being and all creation. And I'm so happy to be here and to be with you so early in the morning and start the day that way. But I know that if that food comes at me, only God can handle it. I can't do it myself. I tried so hard. 
that I would walk sometimes into a room full of people and I would say, is there anybody here who hasn't sponsored me yet? 30 years. I'll wrap it up. 30 years of being in these rooms and not understanding what's crawling and what's flying. And you people opened my eyes. And God bless you all. And thank you. I pass. Thank you very much, Raquel. Wow. Let's see who else would like to share on this paragraph. Carolyn Anthony. Lynn S. Lynn S. and Carolyn S.H. Sarah W. Sarah W. And I heard, was that Lauren S.? Kelly S. Oh, Kelly S. Or F. Amanda R. Amanda R. Melissa C. Okay, let's stop right there and let's see. Um, hope we can get all of you in. All right, Carolyn S. H. and then Lynn F. Sarah W. Pardon? What's the page, please? Uh, this is the page 100, the very first paragraph. Thank you. All righty. All right, Carolyn S. H. followed by Lynn. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Um, good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive eater, and I'm setting my timer, and I probably won't use the whole three minutes. I just want to um, point out the word persist, um, and, it, it, and to say that it, it's striking me that this paragraph is in the Working with Others uh, chapter, and it's talking about kind of a pair, like I see this as a partnering of the sponsor and the sponsee. Um, and it's it, in that first sentence, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. So it's like if I'm going to help somebody else, I need to walk day by day. I need to be consistent and persist in my spiritual progress, um, uh, where to go? Um, if you persist, remarkable things will happen. Um, so I looked up persist, um, and it's continues to continue steadfastly or firmly in some state, purpose, course of action, or the like, especially in spite of opposition. Um, and then thinking about that and what's been said about the last sentence about um, no matter what your present circumstances, um, I'm currently experiencing really challenging circumstances in my family uh, of origin. And, um, and this paragraph is telling me all I have to do like day by day, just persist in the steps. Um, work with others, persist in wherever I am in the steps, keep going, um, and I am going to present, I'm going to live in a new and wonderful world. Um, and it's really great for me to hear people talk about having um, decades of abstinence because um, I have uh, less than two years and I keep forgetting that that, like I'm really at the beginning here. Um, so anyway, I think that's all I'll say um, without a pass. Thank you very much, Carol and S.H. And good morning, Lynn S., and you'll be followed by Sarah W. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. 
it always astounds me, and I shouldn't be astounded, I guess, but when I read something in the big book and it actually lands in my heart, and this paragraph is doing that. I remember when I came, before I came into program, and I remember saying, I've been, I've been thin a hundred times. I know how to lose the weight. Like, I've lost the weight. I never stayed thin. I stayed thin for a second or something like that, but I never stayed thin. But I had lost the weight a hundred times, but I couldn't keep it off. And I knew the only way for me to lose weight was to diet and to struggle and to white knuckle because that's the way it had always been, no matter which which um, way I tried, that ended up always being the way it was until finally I couldn't stand it anymore and I exploded and binged. When I came into program, the desire to eat compulsively was lifted. And what a miracle that was. I had never, ever experienced anything like that, nor did I ever think of that. I just thought it would be an eternal struggle. So that was the first experience that I had about living in a, a wonderful world, like experiencing something far, far better than I could ever imagine. But what the gift of program has been, and I heard this once on, online, was I went from living life on Lynn's terms to living life on life's terms. And then as I proceeded to live by spiritual principles, I, went, I have experienced from time to time living life on God's terms. And that's what I believe they're talking about, this new and wonderful world. And it reminds me of the number of times, just reflecting since 1989 when I've been in program, when things have, when I have worked the program and things have turned out far better than I could ever expected, which is usually most of the time as long as I work the program and I stay out of it. Now I'm in a situation with my aunt and her finances, which are dire really bad situation and I'm reading this and I'm going okay you know I know not to make this my next project as my OA buddy suggested you know like don't make this your next project I know to back off I know what I need to do is consistently work the program in fact even more than I've been doing before because this is a new challenge But if I work the program and I stay connected with God, this situation will work out better than I could ever imagine because it tells me so if I follow the dictates of the higher power. And I've seen it over and over again. So I'm I'm probably rambling, but I'm just in awe of how this particular few sentences apply to where I am right now and the peace and serenity that it gives me because I know what to do. I know to continue my relationship with God. This situation will work out. Thank you very much. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. And good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Anita. Um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Uh, Anita, thank you so much for your service, and thank you, Leah, for stepping in. And um, I was thinking about the, um, the word persist also, and progress. And for me, um, my disease persists uh, if I don't continue on the spiritual path. And I was listening to something yesterday that really struck me um, that, you know, the third step is talking about um, the decision. And my showing my decision that I have... uh, uh, I'm willing to uh, do God's will and live 
a different way is about my behaviors. It has nothing to do with the fact that I say I've decided. It has to do with doing things that I don't want to do at times. And that's the opposite of what an addict does. An addict does whatever they want. And they're a steamroller. Uh, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to get what I want. And I don't care about you. And when we are in this position of uh, having worked the steps, we have to do things that we don't want to do, whether we want to or not, because that's the decision we made. And that's how we show it, by our behaviors. So let's say, um, for instance, yesterday, um, you know, I, I'm done with my uh, cancer treatment and my radiation, but I'm very tired. And I really, I'm very, um, I have a lot of sore joints, uh, started on a new medication, and, um, you know, I really didn't feel like I wanted to get up and take care of seven patients. I wanted to be a patient. I wanted someone to take care of me. But I have a responsibility. And that doesn't mean that I don't need to assess my own self. But I have to continue to do the right things because my disease is always there. And if it comes back, it's going to come back way progressed to where it was. And I have to remember that. You know, none of us are beyond that. And the other thing I, I think is that there has to be some humility with all this. When I feel I'm struggling with something, whether it be food, anxiety, um, you know, emotional pain, I need to be able to ask my higher power and also let other people know part of the fifth step, part of the tenth step. So that is how I will presently live in this new and wonderful world. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful to be able to participate in this world today because I could not do that when I was in the midst of my addiction. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah W. And Kelly, is it S or F? You're up. S as in Sam. Okay, great. Good morning. Hi, this is Kelly. Thanks for your service. This is Kelly S. in Oklahoma, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, not sharing anything new that hasn't been shared because there's been some great shares. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, for me, it was um, after 30 years of being around this program and never really getting it, you know, uh, starting to listen to Vision for You about three years ago um, and hearing the big book in a whole different way, which for, was from the beginning, uh, you know, paragraph by paragraph. Um I finally got the message that this was a spiritual program. You know, I always thought it was, there was a spiritual part. So I was so focused on, you know, abstinence and tools and, and you know, and all that, that I didn't realize that the whole point of this book was to, to find and establish and build a relationship with a higher power. And, it, you know, it says earlier on in this chapter that our main thing was to live by spiritual principles. You know, I didn't get that. And like other people shared you know, when I, I um, came in this program when I was 20, I, you know, I, years ago I used to think, well, if I was thin, I'd be happy. Well, I realized that wasn't true. It became bulimic and crazy. And then I thought, well, if I could put down the food, then that, then that didn't work. Well, I knew that if I worked this program, which I didn't realize was a spiritual program, I'd be happy. But my, you know, definition of happiness was everything was going to go my way. And so I loved Kim G's, uh, uh, thing that she gave as the visual because that's what the deal is all about and other people shared my life hasn't changed in the last 
you know, year and a half of being recovered, um, nothing's changed in my life except that I am, you know, recovered and I'm working this program on a day-to-day basis and I'm living by spiritual principles and I'm working these steps. And most important, someone shared this yesterday, is just like every relationship, I have to put in time with the relationship with my higher power, you know, that the more time I spend with my higher power, the closer we get. And what's a miracle to me is that that's become a priority to me. You know, I'd have people all the time saying, well, you know, how's your prayer and meditation? Oh, I don't have time for that. You know, I'm doing all these tools. I'm working. I mean, I'm doing all these calls. I'm writing. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm forgetting that the bottom line is this book says is, you know, this is a spiritual this is not a theory. This is we have to live this spiritual life. And that was the point that I was missing all this time was, you know, I have to put the food down, you know, to get to God. I have to keep it down so I can work this program. The tools help me stay on the steps, but the whole point is living by spiritual principles and staying connected with a higher power and staying peaceful in that storm that Kim G, you know, talked about in that picture. So, you know, just so grateful that, you know, it took me a long time to figure out what it was all about grateful that I found you guys to show me the big book again for the first time. Um, Cheerios has that commercial. Try Cheerios again for the first time. So try the big book again for the first time if you've been around forever and you think it's not working. So it works for me and works for me. It can work for you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Amanda. Uh, I mean, uh, Kelly S. And Amanda R., you will be our last uh, speaker this morning, and Melissa, I'm sorry we didn't get to you, but so good morning, Amanda. Hey, this is Amanda Arp. I am a recovered compulsive eater in Maine, and um, I was <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so the the thing, the part about God's plans being better than ours. Um, I hiked a mountain yesterday. It was awesome. It was beautiful state park, northern Maine. Everybody's been there. It's just, oh my gosh, the views were knocked in. Gorgeous, beautiful day. So I get them. Oh my gosh, God, your plans are better than anything I could have planned. And then I wake up this morning and I feel like dust warmed over. Like not just sore muscles, but all sorts of just different yuck. And here's the thing I'm learning. Um, on days like today, it's still, God's plans are still better than anything I could have planned. Like, God is organizing my life, and, you know, like we say, I suit up, I show up. My my job now is to be of, of maximum service to God and to others, whether I am jumping down, up and down on the top of the mountain because it's so gorgeous or whether I'm waking up and I just want to crawl back into bed and stay there all day. Um, You know, God is my higher power. That means that I'm not always going to understand what he's doing. And um, I'm just going to do the best I can to be of service uh, and to to ask for God's help to see what, what he wants me to do today. And, yeah, just to... To not be discouraged when when things are upside down and backwards, um, because the worst thing we can do at that point is assume, well, I guess God's asleep at the switch, so I'm just gonna go and go back to bed, because that um, that's a slippery slope. So um, I wish everyone a great day, and I pass. 
Thank you very much. Uh, thank you to all who shared. Please, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. I'm now going to, um, we're going to close as we always do with a reading for, uh, on page 164 of A Vision for You. And uh, Katie G, would you please read it for us? Katie? Are you there? Sorry, Anita, I got cut <laughs> off. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. God forbid I get cut off. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, staying humble one day at a time. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>